Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ, it is the replacements. Flounder speaking, Fiddy coughing, Smoke scrolling, and Shrop laughing <laughs> in the background back there. Uh, it's the whole crew with you. We're going to be with you uh, again tomorrow. I uh, hope you guys have really enjoyed the last day and a half. Uh, we are officially at the halfway point of the week. Uh, and that means that it's time to talk a little bit about the Carolina Panthers. Let's, let's look a, a, ahead a little bit. Because the Panthers, the last two weeks, they played spoiler to Atlanta, dealt a severe blow to their playoff hopes, nearly put the nail in the coffin of Green Bay's playoff hopes, and now they get a chance to affect the playoff hopes of another team this weekend as they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars down in Jacksonville, a team that's not playing very well. If you guys were listening to the Kyle Bailey show yesterday, we played you a a, uh, cut from a radio host down there or television host down there, right? Dan Hickens, uh, who was absolutely losing his mind. And uh, here here, you got that cut over there, Strop. Let's take a listen to Dan Hickens. Uh, Do you remember what station he works for? Smoke? I, I do not remember what station he works for, but he works for one of the stations down in Jackson. Yeah, take a listen. Uh, this does not sound like the man that is a fan of a team that is eight and seven. Playing for the number one seed in the AFC. Now they're eight and seven with absolutely no answers. And it stinks from the top all the way to the bottom. It stinks from the owner, the general manager, the head coach, the offense coordinator, the defense coordinator, the quarterback, the entire offense, the entire defense, the special teams, and anybody who is associated. If you're employed with the Jaguars, you stink. You're not doing your job. This is an absolute free fall by this football team, and it shouldn't be that way. Hi, everybody. Dan Hicken here. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, too, sir. Yeah, that was also on Christmas Day. Uh, so apparently uh, the holiday season not really sinking in there. Now, the Panthers, look, they have a chance to build to that angst. And look, the Jacksonville Jaguars more than likely not going to have Trevor Lawrence. Earlier this week was, uh, you know, on Wednesday they wrote, uh, or yesterday, yeah, they, they talked about how he is doubtful. Uh, has not practiced all week. I This feels like another one of those games, and it feels like we're kind of setting ourselves up for this each week. And I think, you know, everybody on the station felt pretty good about the Atlanta game. That one worked out, nearly worked out last week for them. But this feels like another one of those games, guys, that the Panthers have a really good chance to play spoiler in, especially if Bryce Young can build off of what we saw from him this past Sunday, they certainly do, and it's 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 maybe you know outside of watching the the growth and the progression of your quarterback, it's the biggest reason to maybe watch this team play because they can ruin seasons down the stretch. You know they 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 dealt a blow to Atlanta's playoff hopes, almost did the same to Green Bay. This is interesting though, because if they go to Jacksonville and they and they hand the Jaguars a fifth straight loss, 
and it goes on the way to Jacksonville not winning the division and missing the postseason. And it allows, you know, Houston or Indianapolis to find a way into the postseason. Then there's going to be two guys that you could have here in Carolina that make the postseason. You could have CJ Shroud, your quarterback. You drafted Bryce Young. You could have hired Shane Steichen. You hired Frank Reich. And I wonder how Panther fans would feel if they spoil Jacksonville season, but someone else at the expense of, you know, or as a result of their win that they could have had here in Charlotte makes the playoffs. Because, you know, I, you know, the, the thing with Steichen being a bad interview, I think it just goes to show you that Tepper uh, is just a bad interviewee. Or maybe he set up the Tepper and he didn't want to hire him. And then we all know that Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud the way he looked at it, and they drafted Bryce Young. And so it might be fun, but if you see one of those two guys in the postseason, it might be another tough pill to swallow if you're a Panther fan. Well, yeah, that, that it's kind of a catch-22 in that scenario. I don't think it'll be that hard for me, but maybe for some fans because you know I don't speak for everyone. But I also feel like playing spoiler during this time of the year could gain momentum heading into the next year. Even if uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, which it doesn't look like he will as of this moment right now, because it gives Bryce more reps to where it's like, hey, I'm starting to get into a rhythm. And we've seen how that works for teams in the past. Look at the 2012 Carolina Panthers. I'm not saying this is the same thing, but in 2012, Carolina went from about a three-win team to a seven-win team, saved Ron's job. And then the next year, they went on to make the playoffs and win their first division since 2008. Look to 2002. They started the year three and eight and only lost one game after that and ended the season by spoiling the playoff hopes for the Saints where all they had to do is win, and they were into the playoffs. Carolina beat them on the road in the Superdome. And, of course, we all know what happens next year. They made the the Super Bowl. So I think you know getting a good into the season sometimes can be good. It doesn't mean you're always going to be you know going to the playoffs or making a big jump next year because it happened in 2009 when Matt Moore went on his little run, and... 2010 was next year, so (laughs) it doesn't always work out, but I think this could be huge, especially for a rookie quarterback, to play spoiler in a game against a team that is still trying to make a playoffs, not only against your divisional foe, but against a team that many people had as one of the favorites to win the AFC. It, it, It also can really only help your franchise, too, right? If Bryce Young comes out and plays great again in this one, the offense looks competent, and the defense, you know, even find, finds a way to be half of what they've been the entire season. And you find a way to win this game. This is only helping making it to, to make your job more attractive to the coaches that are out there in this cycle. You need to make the product on the field look like something that people want to be a part of. Because they know they've 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 seen the athletic article they've heard other things throughout the league they have you know they're friends with the guys that are currently inside the organization that probably you know won't be there at the end of the season they've heard what it is like to work under David Tepper that's the reason why when we brought up Ben Johnson we've said does he really want to come here when we brought up some of these other names are, are they really interested in working under David Tepper so I think if you can pick up a win like this and maybe even close out the season with a win as well. It's only going to make your job more attractive. And ultimately, that's the thing that you want to see. It's also you know, going to help potentially if the offense continues to look better. It's going to help your young quarterback to feel more confident. Yeah, what we saw the other day, and, and, and you could even go back to that game-winning drive against Atlanta. What we saw there is great for Bryce Young, but... 
you would like to see him build off of that and finish the season out strong. You don't want him to regress back to the quarterback that we've seen him be at times this year. To me, that stuff about worrying about C.J. Stroud or, uh, or, or Shane Steichen making the playoffs, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that now. You shouldn't be worried about that, especially as a Panther fan. Maybe if you're David Tepper, you should be worried about that because that makes you look like you you don't really know what you're doing in either of those areas. But as a Panther fan, I don't think you should really be all that concerned about it. I mean, especially because at this point, don't you pretty much have to accept that one of those teams is going to make it anyways? Like, that division looks like it's probably going to put two teams in the playoffs because of how the AFC picture is stacking up. I don't really think as a Panther fan, you should be keeping yourself up at night over that. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you're keeping yourself up at night, but it's another example that maybe you got something wrong. And I think it's more with the Steichen not hiring than not drafting oh, Stroud yes. because I, you know, I am a Bryce guy. The thing this game offers is a good chance for Bryce Young to put together a, a quality game on the road because the Jaguars defense in their four game losing streak, they're giving up 29 and a half points per game. And what's been his best road performance so far of the season? Like if you really had to think about it, what's been the best game he's played away from bank of America stadium, Detroit, but I mean, he turned it over uh, Miami. Cause that Detroit stuff was back half. of the Yeah. Game. Yeah. 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 Miami, Miami. And that, that was the game where right. you were up 40, you know, 14, nothing. He lost 42, 21. And you were basically out of the game by, by halftime with the way the defense fell apart in the second quarter. And that matters. Cause we were talking about this, uh, the, the, this yesterday, like that's what you want to see from him, you know, because you, you see a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL now that are really, really good at home. Jared Goff, Jordan Love, two or two for instance, but maybe they struggle away from home, and that's why they don't get that elite status. You drafted him number one. You traded up to go get him. You're drafting him to be elite, um, and so a step in that growth, a step, uh, a step in that progression, is being able to go on the road, throw for 250, two touchdowns, and and not turn the ball over. And this defense gives him a chance to build even more so off what he did Sunday against Green Bay Smoke. Yeah, and. The Jaguars' defense in the past few weeks has really fallen off a cliff. I mean, it started, I really think, when they lost on Monday night to the Cincinnati Bengals when a game that we none of us thought was going to be good between a Jake Browning-led Bengals team and Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, and it turns out to be a big win for the uh, Bengals in a shootout. It seems like this Jaguars' defense has really fallen off a cliff the last couple of weeks. And put that into the fact that, you know, a lot of Jags fans, I think we've I've seen some of them on Twitter that are just furious that Tavon Walker has not worked out the way that they thought he was. And Aiden Hutchinson probably was going to be the right pick. And just like anyone on this defense really scares you at this point. Cause I can't think of one. No, they've been horrible. I mean, the, the last four, what is it? The last four games they've allowed 29 points per game. Like that's, that's resembling what you saw last weekend here in bank of America stadium when you played green Bay. So it's, it's one that you can definitely take advantage of. I, I feel like that's on the table for sure. Yeah. And hopefully maybe this could be a good bounce back game for the defense too, because yeah, specifically the D line. Cause I, I think ETN has been back and forth. He's not really been the best this year and their offensive line. I mean, Cam Robinson, I think he could play, which could be big in this game. Because Cam Robinson, while not being an elite offensive lineman, is still a very solid, to good offensive lineman. But I feel like this could be a, a good week for Carolina's defense to bounce back as well. It's weird because Jacksonville's eight and seven; they're on top of the AFC South as it stands right now. 
this feels like the most winnable game this team has played away from home, right? I mean, maybe outside of Atlanta week one, you thought that you had a really good chance to go down there and win. Um, I mean, Tennessee, you were you were in the game, but you never really felt like you were you were going to threaten to win the game. For some reason, even at two and thirteen, you like Carolina's chances to go on the road and compete for four quarters as much as any other road game so far this season. Yeah, also, I, I do need to correct myself. Josh Allen is something to be fearful of. Even though Walker's not been it, Josh Allen for the Jaguars is going to be an X factor in this game. I completely forgot about I, For some reason, I spaced out on him. He has 13 and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's having he, an outstanding year. Yeah. He's the heart and soul of that defense. Um, you know, I, whenever they were on Sunday football a few weeks ago, like Collinsworth was, was pointing that out. Like when he plays well, they play well. When he doesn't play well, they don't play well. And do you trust this offensive line to minimize the damage? I thought because like if, if if his over under sacks was like one and a half, I'm probably taking the over for Sunday because he has the ability to wreck your whole entire game plan. Given how this offensive line has looked at times, well, this year. that's where the key is. You got to get Bryce outside of the pocket. You've got to design certain stuff. Like again, if you if you don't think that what you saw the other day is something that you can actually you know, make a part of your offense, which is getting him out on the run. I, I I mean, I just, you got the wrong guy. That's your play caller. Like Thomas Brown, dude, you know, football, get this dude out of the pocket, get him away from Josh Allen. Because if you do, I think you're going to be able to have some success. You're right. That's the one guy that they have on the defensive side of the football right now, but the rest of the group is certainly gettable. And then defensively, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's offense has not been the finely tuned machine that I think some people thought it could potentially be. It's also going to really help that they're going to be playing C.J. Beathard over Trevor Lawrence. But even with Trevor Lawrence, that offense hasn't looked great. So that's the thing. Do you trust C.J. Beathard? I mean, I know Lawrence has been re- has been banged up. I mean, what is it, three straight weeks now? He's been on the injury report with a different injury. Yeah, shoulder uh, this week, right? Yep. Uh, Ankle. Concussion. And con- yeah, concussion and then ankle. So he's he's had all sorts of ailments, and this offense hasn't looked great. I don't know. Maybe C.J. Beathard really does come in and give them a, a little bit of a spark. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's been a he's been a backup for a while now in the league. But like, I think this is a game that is gettable. This defense, you would expect them to be motivated to respond to that. I yeah, I mean, probably most winnable. I would still probably go with Tennessee. I really thought they could go on the road and win that game because I Tennessee is not a good football team. Like even Will Levis, that that shine wore off real quick on Will Levis. Uh, I thought that game was one that that the Panthers really had a shot to win. This one, maybe because of the backup quarterback, you would make the argument that they have a better chance. But it's it's I mean it's neck and neck. I I think this is a prime opportunity for them to build off of what happened last weekend. I, and I, I I don't think you're wrong. And, um, you know, I think that's what you're looking forward to see because you, you scored 30, you know, your defense is going to be looking to bounce back. What kind of, what kind of effort do you see? The team hasn't quit. Like for, for all the losing, for all the dysfunction, this group hasn't quit. Um, they didn't quit on Frank Reich. They haven't quit on Chris Tabor. Can you bottle that, that, that the, the second half of that fourth quarter up carry it on the road and see what you get. Because I think if you go down there and even if you lose 31, 28 or hell, you come out with a 28, 24 win, the positive feelings that we've felt the last two weeks when you're one and one 
will only continue to grow and build as you get ready for the offseason. Well, we'll, of course, talk more about this game that uh, the Panthers have on Sunday in Jacksonville. We'll talk a ton about that tomorrow, but we're turning our attention over to the bowl games. Three ACC teams in action tonight, including NC State. We'll talk about their bowl game, the Pop-Tart Bowl. Will Dave Doran be eating the Pop-Tart mascot at the end of the night? What do we expect? Stick around for that here on the replacements here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, The Replacements, Fitty, Flounder, Smoke, Shrop behind the board. You sound excited. Um, <laughs> we got an update during the break that Trevor Lawrence will be a limited participant in practice today. So say what you want about Sunshine Man. Like, you may have the long hair. He's been on the injury report, you know, three straight weeks with, with a different injury. That guy, he's going to try to tough it out. Um... But ultimately, they got to make the right decision. If he's healthy enough to play and can be the best quarterback option for them to play, they'll play him. But if not, you know, C.J. Beathard will get the start. And we've seen enough backup quarterbacks, so why not have another one added to the ledger? You know it's the holiday season when it's 11-23 on a Thursday. And there's, okay. there's a bowl game happening in a baseball park in Boston. Let's go, baby. That's where the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is taking place between a future ACC matchup of SMU and Boston College. Right now, the Eagles with a 3 nothing lead over the Mustangs um, in a game smoke that we were talking about during the break. If, 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 F, if, F, if SMU wins, there you go. <laughs> they finish 12-2, and two, and they uh, will finish ranked for the first time since the Pony Express in the 1980s. Let's go. Um, and and that, that headlines the three, technically, you know, next year will be four ACC teams in action. 215, you got Rutgers in Miami and the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. <laughs> then at back to back baseball stadium bowls, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Mm. Um, at 545, you have the Pop Tarts Bowl between NC State and Kansas State. Of course. And then later tonight, you have Arizona and Oklahoma and the uh, Alamo Bowl. So you got two ranked on ranked matchups tonight. Really the, the official start, if you will, to bowl season, really having a pulse as we get closer and closer to the playoff. I want to talk about NC State. Um, because this is a program that, despite playing with four quarterbacks again this year, they found themselves at nine and three. They're ranked number eighteen going into uh, tonight's bowl game uh, against the Wildcats. 
And look, if, if, if they win, this will be their second 10-win season, I think, in program history. Yes, the only other one was with Phillip Rivers. Yeah. So, you know, which, you know, on the surface, that's a big deal. But, you know, furthermore, and maybe you guys disagree, depending on, A, if they win the game and, B, how they win the game, depending on what Clemson does in you know, the portal, what Florida State does in the portal, given all the success that State has experienced in the portal, they could enter next year maybe the favorite to win the conference or at worst contend for an at-large berth in the college football playoff. Do you, Smoke, agree or disagree with that sentiment? In some ways, yes, because in, if you look at the schedule for next year, they have a daunting start to the schedule against Western Carolina. Oh, Very tough oh man. Oh, that's it right there. Yeah. That's going to derail the whole year. <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the week after that, they play Tennessee here at Bank of America Stadium, which that should be – a very, very big game to start the year for both squads. Uh, but after that, I mean, you should beat Louisiana Tech. You should beat Northern, uh, Northern Illinois, which, by the way, it's the Dave Dorn Bowl next yep. year. Um, but you you look at their conference schedule. They don't play Florida State. They don't have to play Notre Dame this year. That's not one of their required five ACC games for the Fighting Irish. You do have to go on the road to take on Clemson. But as we've seen the last year or two, Clemson's not the same team that they have been the previous seven to eight years. And you're, you've got some serious momentum. As you said, this is the second official, if they win today, the second official 10-win season. Because I still think 10 wins should count for 2021 because they technically won the Holiday Bowl. They got that trophy because UCLA couldn't play due to COVID. That's right. They celebrated in an airport, so it counts, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. And I had them at 10 wins that year anyway. So Oh, but, so now we see what it, it is. Yes, okay. exactly. A wolf pack smoke, as they say. Um, but, I mean, you, you get in Grayson McCall. I think that's going to be big. I, I think it will be better than what Brendan Armstrong was for the team this year overall, especially as a passer. You get Casey Concepcion back, which is massive. Even though you're going to be losing – uh, Peyton Wilson, that is going to be very, very hard to replace. This NC State defense has been one of the best over the past five years. And most importantly, one of the biggest news actually came a couple of days ago. They have been able to re-sign Tony Gibson yeah. as defensive coordinator. That is massive. The fact that Tony Gibson has not gotten even what feels like a sniff, a legit sniff as a head coach somewhere, is shocking to me. He feels like the new Mike Elko to where he, wherever he goes – you're going to get the top-tier defense wherever he's at. He could be at a D2 school where they suck on defense. And I think, all right, they're going to be a top-20 defense in D2. That's how good of a coach Tony Gibson is, in my opinion. I mean, he's been outstanding. I, I'm with you. I'm kind of shocked, especially with some of the smaller jobs that have opened up, that his name hasn't really been out there. I mean, I think it's appeared on some of the list of the analysts that have brought it up, but you never have really heard him tied to any jobs. And who knows? Maybe he just loves being at NC State that much. That's certainly possible. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I find it hard to believe that they won't be a legitimate contender in the ACC next year because they are returning so much. They have Grayson McCall at quarterback. Now, I will say this. The key is going to be Grayson McCall staying healthy. He has had issues staying on the field the last two years. If he gets hurt, I mean, look, Lex Thomas is a guy they really liked coming out of high school. That is a lot to put on him. I mean, they've they but they've done it before. They've they brought in backup quarterbacks and it's worked for them. I think yeah, Clemson will be tough. I get what you're saying, Smoke, that it's not the same Clemson. I will say this though. They are still amazing at home. Yeah. Like their only loss this year was in overtime to Florida State at home. They, they still looked the part game. there. Yeah, exactly. They still looked the part 
when they play at home. It's when they go on the road, that's where they struggle. So that'll be a really tough game. And and for them, that could be very decisive. Because I, I think Florida State, I think the momentum's there. Um, I, I don't think the stuff that's going on with the conference realignment push is going to be a distraction. I think they'll probably find some sort of big-name quarterback in the portal because, as we've said, there hasn't been a lot of movement there. There's still big names out there. So I think that's the route that they'll probably go. So I think they'll still be really good. But I think NC State, NC State's probably, as of right now, third in that pecking order just because of the school history. But at the same time, if you try to compare these rosters, especially with what they've done in the transfer portal, they might be the best transfer portal team in the country so far this offseason. I mean, they stack up very well to be that team that is right on the outside looking in. And if enough things break right, make it to Charlotte. What I also want to point out, too, if they get that win over Tennessee in week two of the college football season, that's only going to heighten the hype with NC State. Because I'm not saying Tennessee is a definite national title contender. But I feel like with Joe Milton now leaving in the five-star quarterback with the long name. Nico Iamalalova. Yes, thank you. And you I go. think a lot of people think Nico is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation for the next two to three years. If they can get a win to start the year like that and then have at least ten wins, yeah, sky's I, limit. I, I, look, I don't think anything's guaranteed with that Tennessee team, though. I mean, we've seen them. They have had some struggles on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we watched earlier this year. Uh, before one of the game, one of the Carolina games we went to, I mean Missouri dominated them, man. That defense had nothing for Missouri. They got look great pass rush. James Pierce is amazing, a Charlotte kid coming out of high school. He he's amazing. That was that was a great find. But I don't know if they have the the defense to compete uh, in the SEC. That that'll be a huge game. You're right for them out of the gate. And that's the thing, yeah. That that'll be so. States is state playing in week. Is that week zero next year, or is the Duke? So the Duke's Mayo is it's week classic two. is week two. Yeah, because week so, zero is Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Ireland. So Tennessee will have a chance to get Iamalova out there, get a game under his belt. But that's still second. That's your second career start. You're going to be in. I mean, Tennessee fans travel well. There'll be a good Tennessee contingent here, but there will be a lot of state fans there as well. That'll be interesting to see how the young kid handles that. It's funny because both Tennessee and NC State start week one by going against uh, SoCon schools because Western Carolina takes on NC State and uh, Tennessee takes on Chattanooga, which, by the way, Chattanooga and Western Carolina, two pretty good teams in FCS last year. So not like you're going against the – Bottom of the barrel, so uh, SoCon teams and bottom of the barrel FCS teams. But let's face it, not really big, especially when you're an SEC or ACC quarterback trying to have legit hopes of making a, a, a deep run, especially with the playoffs expanding. I don't think we'd be having this conversation really with NC State if it was still a 14 playoff. Oh, no. Now that it's no, 12 teams, no. now that it's 12 teams. I feel like State has a legit shot, if they, especially if they beat Tennessee in Week Two. And it really just goes to show you the job that. Dave Doran's done. He's built he's built the best power five program in the state. Like you know that NC State year in, year out is gonna win eight to nine games. They're gonna be stingy on defense, and they're gonna put themselves in a position to upset a team that they probably shouldn't beat and win the games that they're supposed to win. And you know, with the, the with their success in the transfer portal, that means that they're getting the NIL money that you need now in today's college football to get the type of kids to come to your program. Um, and they feel like they are 
they're poised to take that next step and, and maybe become a team that competes for a at-large berth in the playoff every three to four years. Another program that's in action today from the ACC is Miami. They got Rutgers in the uh, bad boy mowers, pinstripe balls we talked about earlier. And uh, look, I was of the belief that Mario Cristobal was going to show up and restore the U to glory. And maybe that's part of me because I want the U to be good because I think college football is better when the Miami, you know, when the Florida schools are really good, that being Miami, Florida, and Florida State. He's seven and five this year. Um, you know, you know, Van Dyke never really lived up to the hype. Um, injuries played a role in that. He's now entered the transfer portal. It doesn't feel like this is going to get turned around the way that, you know, I think everyone thought it was going to be because he was such a great recruiter. If this guy can't get the job done and return Miami to the top of the conference and a playoff contender year in, year out, is it fair to say that that program is officially dead and will no longer be a, a program that you would mention as being among one of the nation's elite? I think if Mario Cristobal doesn't work out, I can't say it's dead, but I feel like if if, if he doesn't work out, which I think it's leaning towards that way right now because he is a quarterback's worst enemy, I think you officially put Miami in Nebraska territory to where, yeah, yeah. it could eventually change, but it's going to have to take a special person, and it's going to take a while before it gets back. You can't it's going to take a Matt Rule? Well, potentially. I mean, Matt Rule, look, he, he got the biggest commit Nebraska's had, and I know he's son of a former – Nebraska legend and his uncles on the coaching staff. But, like, say what you will about Matt Rule, and we can make all our jokes about him here. But Matt Rule's a hell of a college coach. That's <laughs> never been, yeah, thank you. It's never, never been denied. This job he did at Baylor, and when people are trying to say, oh, look what Dave Aranda's doing, he's doing better than Matt Rule did at Baylor. Yeah, how's that working? Yeah, how's that working out right now? <laughs> they did, they don't, didn't want to fire him because they didn't want to pay out that buyout money right now for Dave Aranda. So it's going to take a special coach, and you're going to have to be patient, I think. If you're Miami, you can't be saying in year one, year two, we can't be going to ACC media days here in Charlotte, North Carolina and say, hey, is the U back? Is the U back? You damn tootin' the U's back. You can't be doing that stuff <laughs> oh, anymore. boy, what time was it? <laughs> 11.35. But, uh, but yeah, you, you can't be saying that stuff anymore. You're going to actually prove it on the field. The closest they got to the U actually being back, and they weren't even close to being back, was 2017. That's when I thought, all right, oh, they finally man. made the right hire. Mark Richt is a guy that knows what he's doing. He's coming to Miami, back home. He's going to be doing – and the turnover chain, they did a tremendous job. Then they realized they didn't really have a quarterback. And then, you know, that felt like a, a, a one-year mirage more than anything. You can't be doing this stuff now. And, and he's not the right guy. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose this game today. Because guess what? I know for as mediocre and as mid as people think Greg Schiano and Rutgers is – Greg Schiano can overachieve better than almost any coach in college football. And he's at Rutgers. He's the only guy that can get Rutgers to win. I'm going to say it right now. Rutgers wins the bad boys, mowers, pinstripe ball. Could we all just imagine Deion Sanders at Miami? No. No, I don't think he would ever. I don't think. I, now, I, I got to tell you, I don't think he really has that close to ties with Florida State as we thought. Because his comments about them and the playoff, I mean, if we thought that he was a guy that was, if Florida State freed up, would take that job in a heartbeat, I, I, I don't I don't know that for sure. He doesn't seem like he is really that in love with the university to the point where it's, it's, it's his identity. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. It's possible. I just, I 
I don't see that happening. I wouldn't say it's dead. I don't think it ever will be dead, mainly because of the area that you're in. You're in a recruiting hotbed in Florida. So if you can get the right guy there, you will get talent to that program. You're always going to get talent to that program. No matter who their coach has been, they've always found ways to put, to bring in really good recruiting classes. I mean, look at the class they just brought in. Third best class in the country. And it's a team that's 7-5. and five. They finished the season 7-6. and six. So I don't think that you can ever really count them out. But you're right. I mean, Smoke is right. It's it's about making the right hire. Is there a guy like Matt Rule that's willing to come there and coach? Because I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I look. Nebraska has a ton of pressure, no doubt about it. I mean, is Miami more? Yes. Because yes. the national, it's the national view of Miami, right? It's a tourist attraction. Like people, people, I think understand with. Nebraska, to a certain extent, that it is one coach that had all of the, that that had their successful run. It's really more the Nebraska fans demanding that they get back to that level. With Miami, it's it's a national conversation every single year about are they back? What do they have to do to get back? Who's the right guy? People want Miami. I don't know if they want Miami to be back. Maybe some people do just so that they can be the villain. But that's the thing that is such a challenge that I don't think you see with really any other job. And in terms of today's game, oh, I'm I'm right there with you. They won't have Tyler Van Dyke in this game. They don't have their backup quarterback who started the game against Florida State, the freshman Emory Williams. Remember, he broke his arm in that game. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty bad injury. Yeah. And so they're down to their third-string quarterback this game, to me, probably means a lot more to Rutgers than it means to Miami. And they're playing. I mean, you you got to think. Rutgers probably, Miami will have a pretty good contingent there as well because they're a national fan base. But Rutgers will have a really strong contingent in New York for that game. I, I think this is this is not the situation that Cristobal wanted to walk into. And yeah, I don't know. The, the, the question that I have with him is how long is the leash? I mean, it's 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 a fair question. Um, you know, they 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 move on from coaches very quickly. Um, but with him being one of their own, I, I do think they maybe give him a little bit more leeway than maybe some of the other guys. Really quick because we're up against it. We're getting closer and closer to the Orange Bowl, and the closer and closer we get, more guys from Florida State opt out. Is it a bad look for the way that they react after being left out of the playoff that a lot of their top tier guys are not playing in this game? Because like if you go out there and you play and you beat Georgia, you really have a legitimate claim that you were you were you were wrongfully left out, which none of us believe that they were. But they're up to I think 19 players have you know have either opted out or going to be in the transfer portal that are not going to be available for this game. To where like this game's not even going to be competitive, and you know you just wonder for a program that you know that's that, that prides itself, that's got the 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 the, the history that, that that program has. They would have been motivated to play in that game and prove they were they were wrongfully let off let out of the playoff, but that doesn't be the case. That doesn't seem to be the case, and it's a big reason why Georgia was probably going to win the game anyway. But that game's going to be a blowout this upcoming Saturday. I mean, I would be shocked if Florida State wins that game. No, no Rodemaker. Are they going to score? No Rodemaker too. He's in the uh, he's in the portal, so they're going to have to roll with Brock Glenn. 
which means, I guess, what, are they going to just run wild? I, I, I don't know. And and look, I, I think it's somewhat of a bad look because you really wanted to see that team come out and show people that they deserve to be in the playoff. But at the same time, I mean, you can't really blame guys. I just, to me... Uh, if they go, if they come out and get smashed, like I'm not going to say that that's going to prove, hey, they shouldn't have been in the playoff. But I mean, if they come out and get beat that badly, then yeah, there's going to be conversations about it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious after all those years of talking trash to UCF? One of the, and I'd say Florida State's a blue blood. They decide to do the same thing after a bowl win over Georgia. <laughs> Oh, that would be one of the funniest things ever. But honestly, I don't blame them if they do that. I feel like they have every right to. Well, it's just not going to happen now with as many guys as they're missing. So, I mean, look, as a guy that was okay with Florida State being left out, I wanted to see them rally and and play um, and maybe go out there and beat Georgia. Um, that's simply just just not going to happen. And what's also not going to happen is a shopping like it's hot because he talked hockey uh, in his first update. So with that, we're going to go to break here. We come back. We'll shut down the second edition of the replacements right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The final segment of the replacements here on Thursday, December 28th. Wes and Walker coming up next. They'll be with you from noon to three. And then Kyle Bailey back on the air um, this afternoon, this evening, three to six. I want to know what he thought about the way we did a show yesterday. Hated it. You know, because we did all of the staples. We did What Did You Say? Um, We did Who Bought Out? Smoke had to carry the final uh, segment of the show because... The internet connection dropped at the doghouse and smoke went out tipping his cap. So I'm interested to hear what Kyle Bailey has to say about the way that we handled um, his show. I thought we did an adequate job. Smoke, what about you? I think you did an adequate job. We had a lot of fun previewing the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which we all kind of knew what was going to happen. And unfortunately for you guys, it, it happened. But also talking about a positive Bryce Young performance, which was nice to have for once. So you had a lot of fun and, you know, we're going to get into more of that today and Maybe some other stuff as well. Well, I, I certainly hope we got the uh, Kyle Bailey stamp of approval. Would love to, uh, you know, get the call to do a show again if he, he ever wants to take time off. And look, he's earned the right to take time off. He's a hardworking man, about to become a father of three. So I uh, would love to be able to fill in uh, in in the future. Uh, you better watch out. An English tourist, if he hears this, is going to get very angry. You want to duke it out? 
I for mean, your time, I'll bring it on. You know, I, uh, come on, man. Yeah. See, do any of y'all ever watch um, like the slapping contest videos that uh, you might see like on Twitter or something like that? Oh, it, you're talking about the, the like slap league stuff? Yes. Oh my gosh. Is, I mean, is I've there seen anyone it. that you would love to slap more than Willie Pay? No. You? I actually like Willie. <laughs> come Pete. on, you opened yourself up for that one. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Why? Why am I slapping Willie? I mean, maybe slap. Whoa. Oh god! <laughs> Whoa! Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> um, I didn't get yeah. to the first. <laughs> okay, well, um, it was a good run. Uh, good run there, Flying. I don't know. That's a, you know what though. That is a hell of a question. Somebody that I would like to slap. I mean, add WFNZ. Add oh, okay, add WFNZ. Because I, I was gonna anything. say, yeah, because like if I was gonna open it up, okay, let's open it up sports wide or just worldwide. Okay, Exclu- no, no politics. Yeah, no politics. No politics, because that's gonna get. Ugly. If there's one person that you could have a one person a slap off with, who would that person oh, be? A slap off. So they have to slap you. You. It's not just you slap them. Yeah. Or is it just that you slapped them? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm, I, look, I'm okay, open so that, to yeah, it. If, if I'm going to slap somebody, they they get the right to slap me back. Okay. See, I got to pick. I got to pick an extremely weak human. Then. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, now, nah, uh, now. Nah, who are going to call out? Who are you going to call out? No, I would if I one person. Yeah. And it's like all time. All time. I'm slapping Coach K. Mm. Right in the face. Of course, you would pick. Yeah, that. I mean, but here's the thing: that's also somewhat strategy because Coach K is all. I mean, Coach Coach K can't have a strong slap, right? Like he, how old is he now? Why like, don't you think I have a strong slap? I mean, you're like seventy something years old, right? No, you're an ageist. Okay. So that's that's what it is. If if it's in terms of just a, a person, like if I'm just slapping and I'm not worried about the strength of the other person on the other side, it's probably Doran. Probably Dave Doran. Oh yeah, I don't know. because I feel like he has some. <laughs> I mean, well, because the problem is, is like Doran. Doran would slap the you know what out of you. Oh, dude. He no. seems like he has some underrated. I think I think there's one. There's an obvious one that we're leaving off. Christian Leitner's got to be right near yeah, the that's, top, that's, right? That's, that's up there. That's that's, that's up where there. I was going. Yeah, oh, come on. What about Skip Bayless? Nah, he's not worth it. Uh, I feel like the one slap just might do him in at this point, dude. Wow. What, All right, who, who you got? Who you guys got? So are you going with Doran? No, no. I I, I was going to go with Leitner. Yeah, yeah, okay, Leitner, I, I, okay. either him or Grayson Allen. Because oh, Grayson Allen would be a good one. I'm not worried about Grayson Allen slapping me as much as I'm worried about him tripping me. He would, he would, he would cry uh, afterwards, probably throw a fit. Uh, what you got over there, Smoke? I'm ever going, and one of these might end in a bad way, but I don't care. Tyler Hansbrough's one. But then again, he's so psychotic. I don't. You know. Oh yeah, uh, he uh, might knock you out. Yeah, that yeah. he would do to one. you what Gerald Henderson was trying to do to him, which was take his head off. Uh, that and. Dwayne Wade. That makes sense. Okay. 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 Would you rather slap Dwayne Wade or Purple Shirt Guy? Eh. Purple Shirt Guy's an idiot, but he's not worth slapping. Okay. He got got banned, so we're good. Yeah, Shrop, get in on this. Oh, boy. Trying to think of some nondescript hockey player that Shroppy has a grudge he wants to take out on. Steve Avery. Oh, man. Uh, Sean Avery? Oh, Sean Avery. There you go. Based off this season, that to be Auntie Ranta, dude. He needs to get his stuff together. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah. He's a current athlete, though, so that might not go well for you. Well, you said he's not slapping back, right? Oh, no, he is. Oh. Well, that could be that could be a guy that you would say would not slap back, but then you have to pick somebody that would slap back that you think you could take one from. Oh, jeez. No one. I'm going to set this one out, boys. That's a fair point. That's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, this is this is getting a, a lot of uh, run on the text line. Yeah, uh, poor, poor David Tepper. Yeah, te- yeah Tep. <laughs> As predicted, Tep is getting the majority of these. And I got to be honest. Um, Stanford P wants to slap uh, Willie P's best friend, Mark Ryan. He wants to he wants to okay. slap Dabo Sweeney. I feel like a lot of people want to slap. He uh, said Mark that Smoke wants to slap the entire Miami Heat organization. Him and Colin Hoggard both would just team up and just you know just slap them all the way out. Well, then uh, then unfortunately Pat Riley will put a hit on us. But okay, fair point. Panther both thought that Shroppy was going to say Fitty, and you know Shroppy's not that dumb. So yeah, but a lot, a lot of Dave Tepper. A lot of people agreeing with Coach K too. Oh yeah, a lot of Mario like, fans. I mean, why I don't not? Get that. I don't get that. I mean, I would, you know, look. He's he a legend. Also, yeah, it is true. I I would slap in game Coach K off the court. Coach K doesn't really seem like a bad. He seems like a pretty, pretty cordial fella. Um. All right. So we got two minutes before we gotta get out of here. We tr- we did this yesterday, bringing it back today. Closing arguments from today's show. Smoke, you're up first. Closing arguments for today, uh, it's what we're starting out the show with earlier, and that's the Tar Heels. And unfortunately, I just feel like we are starting to see what we saw back in 2017 and 2018. 2024, I feel like is going to be a rough year for this Tar Heels team, no matter what. They got no faith. I have no idea what to expect. Connor Harrell didn't really show anything to get me excited if I was a Tar Heels fan yesterday. And plus, no offense to Max Johnson, but he's... He's just there as a quarterback. So I'm just kind of concerned for how it's going to be next year for the Tar Heels. And I feel like, you know, you're going to have to start looking for a new coach. And hopefully you can find a way to, you know, get things back on track and find your new head coach and have Mac Brown reluctantly or just step down in general. Or maybe Mac Brown, Mac Brown can prove us all wrong. But I feel like it's pretty safe to bet that it's not going to happen at this point. I'll build my closing argument off of that. And and I think the thing is, is that the Tar Heels have to rebuild. Like, I know that's that's a phrase that you don't hear much in college football, especially nowadays with the transfer portal. But the Tar Heels aren't that active in this transfer portal. They've only landed four incoming, uh, incoming transfers with 17 outgoing. So, I mean, look, the Tar Heels need to, need to sort of reset the program. A guy that's 72 years old in Mac Brown – that you just wonder on game days, is he the guy that's getting these guys motivated? Is he the guy that can make adjustments? It's it's time to have that conversation. And I'm hoping that Mac Brown sort of sees a little bit of that right now and, and can just say, look, it's time for me to step away. I don't want Mac Brown to step away because I hate Mac Brown. I said this yesterday when we were talking about this. I love everything that Mac Brown has done for this university. More than anything, the reason I want him to step away is so that it doesn't get as bad as Larry Fedora, and that's the way that people think about him. So hopefully, that's what ends up happening, but in terms of my faith in it, not much. My closing argument is the Pro Football Hall of Fame needs to get it right. They need to get Steve Smith in the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. He's as deserving as anybody that's a finalist for this year. Um, and I'd like to see these legends that this young franchise have, like Julius Peppers, 
like Steve Smith, hopefully Luke Keighley down the road, they don't have to wait a long time to get enshrined in Canton. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of The Replacements. Coming up next, speaking of guys that I would love to slap, Walker Mail and Wes Bryant. The Wes and Walker Show is back. They'll be with you from 12 to 3. Keep it right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.